Welcome to the Returning Citizen. Quick reminder that anytime we mention a program or resource, it's linked under this episode on thereturningcitizen.org, where you can also listen and subscribe. We feel it's important for our listeners to know that the U.S. has the highest rate of incarceration of any country on Earth. Most of these folks return home as our neighbors, with 10,000 ex-prisoners released from state and federal prison every week. Needless to say, everybody wins when we help returning citizens be successful. I am Ryan Nico, a St. Louis native and voice artist who has fallen in love with Detroit. I'm Jacob Evan Smith, a Detroit-based entrepreneur and community organizer. I am Eric Burgess. I served 18 years in the Michigan Department of Correction for a nonviolent offense, and I'm using this platform and podcast to assist other returning citizens. Today, we're here with the Here to Help Foundation, talking about setting up returning citizens on a path to self-sufficiency. So when folks transition out of prison, uh, there's many obstacles ahead, finding a job, securing housing, conquering stigma, and so much more. And so for the past 13 years, the Here to Help Foundation has provided direct support to Detroit area residents for, uh, who are facing emergencies. And today we'll be mainly focusing on their uh, newest initiative, the Returning Hope to Returning Citizens initiative, which offers a wide range of support services to folks as they return to the community. And we're here with two very special guests. We've got Bob Schwartz, the CEO of the Here to Help Foundation, as well as Keith Brooks, a program participant who has actually uh, gone through the, the uh, Returning Hope to Returning Citizens program. So you can give a, a firsthand account. So to go ahead and, and kick things off, Bob, I was hoping that you could tell us what exactly is the Here to Help Foundation all about? Sure, Jacob, thank you for having me on tonight. And I uh, appreciate your introduction. And uh, just as an overview, we've been, we've been in the Detroit area since 2007. At that time, we had the means and the opportunity to do something like this, but we really didn't know the best approach to take. And originally we were going to be like all other private foundations and make grants to public charities to fulfill their mission, such as giving money to gleaners so that they can pursue their, their programs with respect to delivering food. But we wanted to be more hands-on and a more personal approach and really help people one at a time. And that's been successful because we've helped over 9,000 people in Wayne and Oakland County since we began. And our programs for the last 13 years have centered around, um, I'll list them for you, five main programs. The Home Sweet Home program we offer is for furniture for people coming from domestic violence or homelessness or victims of a fire. We have our Let's Keep the Lights On program, uh, obviously for lights, but also for all forms of utilities. We have our Road Ready Repairs for obviously, again, uh, car repairs. We have Roof Overhead, which assists with security deposits and first month's rent as well as back rent. And lastly, we have our Working Cars for Working People program, which provides used vehicles to those working 35 or more hours per week and need help with their transportation to get to and from work. And over the years, we, we helped a lot of returning citizens as they came to us for assistance in one of those main five programs. And we also learned as uh, time went on that from a holistic perspective, these individuals returning to their community had a lot greater needs than, than others. And we then began not only helping them through one of our five programs, but also offering some further basic necessity assistance in providing home furnishings, such as silverware dishes, all types of kitchen, uh, kitchenware, pots and pans, providing 
linens, towels, microwave, television sets, anything to make their new residents uh, as comfortable as could be, because the goal obviously is to remove as many impediments on their, their road to success as possible. So that's kind of an overview of where we were coming into to this year. And uh, it's kind of developed into some other things along the way as we, we launched this new program. That's fantastic. And then uh, Keith, if you could chime in and tell us a bit, kind of how did you find out about the program and how did you get involved? What did that process look like? Sure. I first heard of the Here to Help Foundation on an episode of Fox News. So I uh, researched the website and saw that I fit the criteria for a participant. So I signed up on the website and uh, Bob and the foundation got a hold of me and they helped me tremendously. It's been a blessing because uh, I've been able to uh, find a little help that I needed that I, that I couldn't find on my own right away. I guess due to the COVID-19 and uh, me being a returning citizen, Things things started really help. Uh, things really started to turn around when uh, Bob and them started to help me. So since then, I've been working. Um, they gave me a few uh, needed articles for my house, appliances, and stuff like that. And uh, it's just been a blessing, and I'm thankful. That's great. And then uh, Bob, I know you mentioned that. So you guys offer a wide range of of services, and I know you you uh, specifically mentioned that it overlapped. It's been overlapping that you've had folks that come through the program that have have been transitioning out of prison in the past. But in terms of specific services that you guys are offering that are catered towards returning citizens, could you speak in a bit more detail about that? Sure. Um, And kind of to give you an overview of as returning hope to returning citizens evolve, we just we've been offering this type of assistance with the basic necessities for so many years that we finally thought, well, we'll put a we'll put a name to the program. (laughs) Uh, make it known to all the nonprofits and organizations and the Michigan Department of Corrections as well that, you know, we're available to assist in this capacity. And, it, and just over this short period of time, it's kind of evolved uh, exponentially as, as to what we're able to do. And so as for Keith, for example, um, we had helped him uh, get into his new residence with some assistance on the move-in costs. And then we're able to assist with the furnishings, as well as, as Keith mentioned, some of the uh, appliances and other items for his kitchen and elsewhere. And so we, we kind of tried to uh, do as best as we could with Keith to, to make um, his home as comfortable as possible. But we also are offering more services than that, because what we're getting now is a lot of the parolees that are reentering just fresh out of, out of prison being released and have nothing um, and literally very little uh, clothing on their back, so to speak. And so we've been assisting by providing clothing to these individuals and in the process, trying to assist them move forward because obviously they need housing. They need help with uh, finding employer employment or job training and things of that nature. So we spent a good deal of time trying to, uh, and we had some help on the housing from Michigan Department of Corrections to provide us the names of uh, landlords or other uh, other property management companies that would be willing to rent to individuals with a, a criminal conviction in their past. And so we've been able to compile a long list of not only uh, housing to supply for people to, to obtain the housing they need, but also with job training and employment. So we do offer those things. We, off, we offer um, we're really, we do a lot of hands-on personal stuff, but we also try to operate as a referral source to make sure that the individual is gaining access to all the things that they need, either that being 
courses in financial literacy or counseling, because obviously there's a lot of issues dealing with trauma in returning citizens. So we try to steer people in the right directions where services such as uh, those things can be provided. So we do try to look at everything all encompassing and see how much we can do either uh, our personal approach through through our economic assistance, but also the hands-on approach of, of assisting them find the things that they need. Fantastic. Oh, Bob, question. Um, like, do you see that there's a certain trend in the jobs that people will get once they are in the program or do jobs like vary as far as job roles are concerned? I think it varies. I think a lot, uh, for some, some of them that we've been working with lately, they, they have tips or connections to other friends that may have been able to, to get them in a, particular, um, in a particular job. But we've also steered them in direction of like Detroit at Work, one of the city programs, uh, CEO, another, another nonprofit in our area that helps uh, with job training as well as kind of a temporary job placement position. And so we've also found that, uh, and especially as, as Keith had mentioned, we had a little uh, feature on Fox 2 News that we're talking about the Returning Hope to Returning Citizens program. And one of the benefits that came from that piece with Amy Lang on Fox 2 News is that a lot of employers contacted us and said, hey, we, we want to give people a second chance. And people, people really do, if they had the means and the knowledge, want to help others. And something as easy as seeing that as a, an individual that may have the ability to hire others, that they want to give returning citizens the second chance and want to let it be known that they can interview them and hopefully hire them for a position. And that's, that's happened a few times as well. So that's always uh, beneficial to hear. And, and I guess uh, just following up on that question specifically, like what, what has the placement, uh, have you guys had a, a strong success rate in terms of placing folks? Well, it's a little, it's, um, it's somewhat early now since this program's only been up and running since the end of uh, June and probably into early July when we started getting into the employment area. So I think over time, we're going to know uh, what, what arenas are most successful in getting people to, uh, to find a position. But there are and we, and we provide, there's a lot of good work being done by other nonprofits in the area as far as uh, training individuals and helping people get on the path, like uh, Goodwill Industries has their program, Flip the Script, which uh, helps a lot of uh, individuals 18 to, in the 18 to 24-year-old range be able to learn a skill and provide, uh, provide employment. And that's where we're there, again, to be of benefit in an all-encompassing manner, because these programs can train someone, teach them a, a trade, and get them in a position to accept a job. But the main problem is they can't get to that job. They don't have the transportation. Uh, they don't have the ability to get to the job site. And everything starts to unravel from there if they can't get that employment and maintain that employment. So we've helped plenty of times, especially with uh, Flip the Script over the years, in providing individuals with that uh, used vehicle to be able to get to and from work. Got it. And so I noticed um, in just checking out the website and in conversations that we've had together, um, you, you guys focus quite a bit on uh, self-sufficiency. So ensuring that uh, folks that you help are going to be set up for success in such a way that, that uh, they can continue to, to help themselves moving forward. Um, right. I was hoping that maybe both of you could, uh, could, could touch on that quickly, just in terms of kind of how the program thinks about driving self-sufficiency as opposed to creating, for example, dependency. Sure. So 
I think that, that that is, if someone asks us, what's your, what's your main point or your main premise of Here to Help? And that the main premise is that with our help, the individual has to be able to move forward on their own, uh, capable of remaining selfish. And so we, we do require that an individual uh, have some type of income or some ability to show us how their monthly expenses are going to be taken care of, whether that's wages from employment or disability, or obviously now with the pandemic, unemployment benefits. But we're a team, us and the grantee, we have to work together. If we're going to make an investment in someone, part of the equation is what's your plan? How are you going to be able to move forward and show us that you're going to be able to maintain your independence. This issue that's now arisen is not going to occur again, such as someone being off work. Um, now they're back to work. They're going, they can show us, look, I'm going to be self-sufficient. I'm working again, things of that nature. So that's, that's the main premise. And that was part of the problem back when we started in 2007. Everyone has these grand plans to, to save the world when they get into philanthropy, but you have to realize, and one of the, one of the quotes that we, came across as we were trying to figure out what we wanted to do was a, a, a quote by a Reverend, uh, Reverend Cecil out in, in San Francisco who started, uh, I believe it's called Glide, a homeless shelter in San Francisco that's been around forever now. But, but his quote was, uh, I'll paraphrase it here, was basically, everybody wants to save the world, why don't you just start with your own block? So in other words, it kind of materialized it for us that don't look at everything in the grand scope that you're going to save uh, the city of Detroit or Oakland County or, or whatnot, where the need may be. Um, you just have to concentrate on helping those that you can help. And so it was hard at first to realize that you couldn't say yes to everybody. If someone didn't, you know, I couldn't help you with, you, with this month's rent. If in two weeks when September rent is up, you're not going to be able to pay September rent. So, you know, we strive to help those that meet the requirements and anybody, you know, the requirements, there's no, we're not playing hide the ball on our website. Everything is listed there as to if you meet these requirements, you have a hundred percent chance that we're going to help you. It's not, uh, we're not, we're not going to say no because uh, there's no reason to say no. Our goal is to help as many people as possible. And so, for example, when, when Keith came to us, uh, he was working, he had a landlord that was willing to rent to him. He had the initiative to obtain you know, he, he had roommates in place or that were going to commit to him to be able to assist with the rent. Uh, it led to some other opportunities for him. And I have no doubt uh, that Keith is, is readily on his path to success. Beautiful. So Keith, I have a question for you. Yes, ma'am. You know, the um, plan that Bob was talking about how participants need to be able to show their plan and show how they, you know, uh, desire to go about returning being the bomb how did you go about your plan that you had to show or how do you go about you know your plan of action as a returning citizen well my plan started long long ago when i was in prison you know i, I figured that i was going to be out sooner than later and i was going to have to uh fend for myself and become a productive adult a citizen once again so once i got here i, I hit the i hit the floor running Basically, I uh, I had twins, like you said, who uh, helped me uh, find employment. Uh, my brother first, uh, you know, gave me uh, a place to stay until I can find my own. And uh, from there, I just started to work, and I uh, saved, and I found a couple of people who were willing to, uh, you know, rent to me and help me out in that in those areas. And I started saving, and 
I just needed just a little help because I was really already on the path to doing what I had already uh, set forth to do. Yeah. So that's basically, uh, you know, I already, like I said, I already had a plan in, in, in order. When I, uh, when I was incarcerated, I thought about this day when I would get out, when I, what I was going to do. I didn't want to be a burden to anyone. I didn't want to live off no one. And I was a productive citizen before I went to prison. So it wasn't hard for me. Great. And then Eric, hoping you can chime in there. So uh, could yeah. you just kind of speak to from your perspective? I mean, when you came out, kind of what, what did your plan of action look like? Uh, there wasn't a program. I wasn't aware of any program that was available for return citizens. I think uh, that's the number one problem <laughs> as far as um, awareness. I'm not sure if the parole officers are aware or they're just not helping return citizens to um, be diligent as far as trying to find this, uh, you know, find these organizations who who's willing to give assistance to return citizens. I didn't know not a one that exist, existed. So uh, my parole officer told me what not to do. He didn't tell me what to do. He just said what not to do. You can't have a cell phone. <laughs> you can't, don't be out past 11 o'clock. Yeah, it wasn't a list of any jobs, uh, any jobs. He gave, he gave me a list of any occupation or employment to seek. So everything I've done really was based with, with family and friends. And I had the initiative, you know, just to go on my own. So like Keith said, I didn't want to be a burden to anyone. And it's all about attitude. So I think I just had the right attitude to succeed. And I appreciate uh, here to help that they're willing to help, you know, individuals and, you know, my predicament and other predicament, you know, willing to come out and willing to do something for themselves. Mm-hmm. And like he says, uh, a hand in to give a hand up. So I advise all returns to come on to reach out to uh, here to help foundation. I want to commend Bob and commend Keith for doing such a great job with this organization. And if this happens to be your first episode tuning in, I just want to be clear that uh, Eric is a homeowner. He's married. He recently graduated with a psychology degree. So Eric's out here shining, uh, despite not getting those support resources. But he, he does, Eric may, raises a very good point with the, the word awareness and his description of the, the difficulties in that regard. And it is, and our eyes are being opened now as well, where seeing individuals coming straight out of prison and we talk to them and ask like, is anyone doing X? Is anyone doing Y? Is anyone offering assistance with Z? And they're not. And it's not that those X, Y, Z are not available per se. It's just, there's no wherewithal as to how to find them and no one's turned them in the right direction to get that help. So thankfully, mm-hmm. uh, the organizations that, uh, that connect with the parolees are, are starting to recognize our existence and sending them our way where we can assist them directly and or point them in the directions of other arenas that they, that they can get assistance with. Yeah. It is, a, it is a, it is a difficult, you know, you're talking uh, 10 or 11 years later since Eric got out and not much has changed on that uh, awareness equation. Mm. So it sounds like there's room. Like you said, you wanted to help as many people as possible. Like how many people would you say you all have right now that you're currently operating with? Sure. We, we have, with the returning citizens program just taking off uh, quickly right now, we have um, about 40, 42, I believe, last I looked today, 42 open applications. And we move quickly. <clears throat> so of those 42, probably half will be granted by tomorrow and another 20 will come on board to replace them. So we'll be back up into the 40s or approaching 50. Um, so we move, we do move quickly. We look at everything as an emergency situation. 
not only for the returning citizens, but for all the people that, that apply for our assistance. So we try to move as expeditiously as possible. And uh, so we do, we do have a lot of open cases right now. Um, more so, I think, than, than we've had perhaps a year ago or two years ago. But we've also, in the last 13 years, learned how to process things, how to work, how to how to do things a lot, uh, a lot more efficiently than we than we could in 2007. So though we couldn't handle the volume back then, we can certainly handle it now. Yeah, speaking of emergency situations, so how would you say your service has changed or altered during a pandemic? That's a good question. We can't, for a long period of time, we couldn't do a lot of the things that we normally would do, which, which is most enjoyable for us, and that's to meet the clients face-to-face. Um, that wasn't an opportunity. It's only over the last month and a half that we've started to do more uh, with certain elements of social distance, obviously, but that's the most enjoyable part, going into somebody's apartment and seeing what furniture they needed, what we could assist them with, uh, the, with the returning citizens, what other basic necessities we, we could provide. So the pandemic itself brought, some, brought a halt to that to some degree. And now that things have loosened up a little bit, we're, we're more uh, able to see people face to face. But I definitely, as to how it's changed over the pandemic, as far as the types of requests we've received, obviously, as everybody has seen with the eviction issue and rent, that's become a primary target, uh, a primary concern for a lot of people. And uh, so we've handled a lot of, a lot of rent requests and uh, obviously with a lot of people off from work and perhaps unemployment was delayed or um, perhaps they didn't qualify because they hadn't been working enough, but obviously that impacted other areas of their life and needed help with uh, utility bills and car repairs. So during the pandemic, uh, there's also been an increase in requests um so yeah and i'm looking like because the roof overhead program gives you first month rent or a mortgage up to 750 and a security deposit up to 500 dollars. that's huge I, I wish that you know awareness wasn't you know everybody should know this <laughs> yeah <laughs> that is a good point though that you raised that all our programs do do have a certain uh, limit to them. As you mentioned, the roof overhead does provide 750 for rent or $500 security part, uh, which is equivalent usually in the area of, of what a, a month of rent would be for most, uh, most individuals applying to us. Or they may have, you know, they'll, they'll have some savings of their own to contribute to the back rent, but just didn't have it all. Uh, and that is another pr- requirement of ours is that with our help, their situation has to be completely resolved. We can't, we can't go in and if someone owes 1500 in rent for two months rent and we pay half and unless that whole issue is resolved, we can't, we can't put our money in because eviction can still occur a month later. Um, so we, we tend to, to need to see, need to see everything resolved. Got it. Do you ever whip out those lawyer skills and say, Hey, <laughs> no, I try to be gentle. <laughs> uh, yeah. There's a sensitivity that comes from, uh, from this role that may not have existed as a lawyer. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, we, we, we've learned over the years a lot of other resources for individuals, um, not just the returning citizens, obviously, but for everyone. So that if for whatever reason, someone doesn't qualify with us, we try not to simply send them on their way and say, sorry, we, we do point them in the direction of other potential resources. I can't guarantee that they're gonna find help elsewhere, but at least I can point them in the direction of where to look. Yeah, and I'd love to dive into that in a bit more detail. So could you just kind of speak? So for folks who, who are listening, who might be interested in applying for, for support, 
what does that selection criteria look like? And then if for whatever reason somebody doesn't qualify, could you uh, expand a bit on kind of what types of, <clears throat> of other uh, organizations yeah. and services you, you typically refer folks to? Sure. We, we have on our Who Can We Help page of the website, we have kind of our general requirements, which uh, consist, obviously, the first thing being you have to be a Wayne County or um, Oakland County resident, but um, it lists the other requirements, things that we, I touched upon earlier. One of the requirements on the Who Can We Help page is that they do have to have that income we talked about, that some, some form of ability to show us that they can meet their monthly expenses. Um, and again, be it from wages or unemployment or disability or social security, if they're, if they're older individuals. But just, just so we know that a certain emergency occurred, unanticipated, caused them not to be able to pay at this juncture, for example, their car repair. But moving forward, I have this income, I'm going to be able to save, I'm going to be able to pay for future car repairs. So that's the type of general requirements uh, we're looking at. Another thing is obvious, we're, we're a one-time resource. So if we do help you once, um, other than returning citizens, which we tend to be, as I say, kind of more enveloping and, and helping in various ways with, uh, with those coming to us that are not returning citizens, where we can only help on, on one occasion. And, and also in that general requirements is that the, the emergency situation that's arisen can't be through the fault of the applicant. In other words, you can't come to us if you decided to loan your best friend, you know, rent money this month and because you were going to figure out later where you were going to get your money from. But we, we can't jump in and save you because obviously it was kind and generous that you tried to help a friend perhaps, but not to your detriment that you can't afford your own rent and expect us to, to come in and, and take care of that, that hole. So those are kind of, you know, we try to make them as common sense as, as possible, but all the other programs have their particular requirements like the main requirements for the working cars program is that they have to be working more than 30 35 or more hours per week and they, they and for that program we really do have to see that the level of income is adequate to support car insurance and saving for car repairs um, in home sweet home we touched upon earlier they have to be coming from homelessness or domestic violence or victims of a fire or obviously for returning citizens coming from from prison. Um, so the, the, the requirements that are listed on the website, we, we, we like to think of them as pretty common sense stuff as people would read them and perhaps nod to themselves. Okay, I get that. I get, I get why that would be a requirement. And so by the time they get through the uh, 10 or less requirements on each program, uh, they get to the application uh, link at the, on that page and they can feel comfortable that I meet the requirements, I can, I can go ahead and apply. And as I said before, if, if, if you do meet the requirements, you send us the application, we're gonna follow up with a few more questions, request some documents that we need to document our file for IRS purposes, and, uh, and you will get your grant pretty quickly. So we can, you know, we've helped somebody as quickly as 10 minutes to, you know, most, of, most every grant is done within, at most 72 hours, and probably the average is a day to a, a day, to, one day to two days. So we do, uh, we do move uh, as quickly as we can. Um, so do you notice that there are like families that like, do you service more so individuals or do the individuals come with like a family? Good question. I would say, uh, I would estimate probably 65 to 70% come with uh, <clears throat> more than one individual in the family unit. Um, to be honest, I would say 
predominantly we're helping uh, single African-American women with children is probably the largest population that, that we do serve. Um, so we, we try to um, approach the, ourselves as that we're, part of what we do is keep the family unit together. Um, if we can keep you in, if we can avoid eviction for a hardworking mother with a nine-year-old and a seven-year-old at home, that, that, that's fantastic because, but for something like here to help, and I'm not patting myself on the back here, I'm just saying this, this concept of helping people directly with their emergency need, if we can address that situation and prevent an eviction in the roof overhead request, then, I mean, everybody can, can make the, uh, the obvious leap that if eviction occurs, we go, we become homeless, we try to find shelter, we may not be able to get into a homeless shelter, all of a sudden, one child is staying over here with family members, another child is staying over with here, I'm, you know, the mother or the father may be staying with other friends, and all of a sudden, you don't have that cohesive family unit that we'd like to stay and in, see stay intact. So part of our approach to everything is that we're, we're glad that if we can help a, a parent in a situation, we're also helping the family. Mm -hmm. so Keith, um, are you uh, like single out here or, you know, are you um, like, did you, did you have a family that you were helping or do you need to fill that house up? No, I, I'm single. Uh, my kids are all grown and working. Okay. Yes. All right. I see. Well, I mean, you know, Harry, he just had his anniversary, so. <laughs> Four years. Four years, Chief. Okay, then. Congratulations, hey, Chief. brother. Chief, I got a new say. I got a, a new bookie now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm working on one. <laughs> That's right. I got a new bookie now. <laughs> I'm working on one. <laughs> She keeps she keeps you on as strict of a schedule too, Eric. Oh my goodness! I don't know if she's my wife. Hey, Keith, sometimes I don't know if she's my wife. Well, I got another parole officer, man. <laughs> <laughs> but I love her. <laughs> well, that's the same for me. My kids are like my parole officers. Right, they right, make sure right. That dad is on the straight and narrow. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. good. That's good, mm -hmm. man. Congratulations. Thank you, and congrats to you as well. If you need anything, man, want to talk anything, just call me. If Bob don't pick up the phone, it. you can call me, man. Bob. I appreciate it. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, because uh, we definitely can relate. Right, most definitely. <laughs> yeah, most yeah. definitely. I guess, I, so on that note, uh, Bob, I noticed on the website, it mentioned mentoring and support groups. Curious if you could maybe speak to that quickly. Sure. We're, we're trying, to, these are things that we're implementing as we speak and trying to, as, as Keith and Eric just pointed out, they, they, there's a certain level of camaraderie, uh, having traveled a similar path and now traveling a similar path while they're, 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 they've been uh, out of prison. And so we do try to coordinate those that are interested in meeting <clears throat> other individuals similarly situated so that they can uh, communicate, talk about <clears throat> some of the areas of assistance that they've been able to obtain and can share with others. So that's always, uh, that's always helpful. And, a matter, and it's a prime example, not that <clears throat> we were involved in the process at all, but we helped an individual yesterday that was um, at uh, Operation Get Down, which is a, a transitional shelter for uh, parolees and the gentleman that we helped and speaking to some of the other residents there told them, told them about us. And then 
he became a referral source. So he was able to send other people our way for the help that we could provide. And so it's been a, it's been beneficial for everybody. That's fantastic. You know, I think we've, we've covered a little bit. You've mentioned that there's great resources on the website. Um, so as, as I understand it, uh, folks can, can learn more uh, at heretohelp.org. Did I get that correct? Heretohelpfoundation.org. Heretohelpfoundation.org, excuse me. Um, and then I, and then there's an application right on the website where folks can yes. apply. Every, uh, there's a page for every one of our programs, including the returning Hope to Returning Citizens program. And at the, uh, at the end of the requirements for each program is uh, a link for the, what we call the initial application. So just click there and then it takes you to a different page that has a few instructions and then just the simple uh, application to fill out, submit to us, and then we get back in touch with you. And I'm curious, if somebody did have uh, internet access issues or something like that, is, is there a phone line that they could call or, or another way to, to access information? That's a good question. For, for, for everybody who are but returning citizens, to be honest with you, um, we, 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 we try to, it's difficult. Phone calls are, are it's just the volume that we receive that it's hard to field phone calls uh, all the time. And though we understand there's obviously sometimes where someone will approach us that may email us and say, I'm, I have a senior citizen friend that uh, needs some assistance, but is not computer savvy at all. And we politely suggest that perhaps they could assist them because they're obviously <laughs> computer savvy by emailing us uh, and direct. And, and the, it's not hard to fill out the application. So with uh, the general knowledge you could of someone, you could you could apply on their behalf. So that would be that would be quite acceptable. With returning citizens, there's obviously certain skills that they may not have at that point because uh, they've been they've been away and not having the exposure or the training to to uh, navigate the internet just yet or even have a phone when they come out. Um, so ultimately, we found that uh, many of times we we will talk on the phone with returning citizens. But the best way to to get in touch with us is through an initial email, and then we can we can follow up. So we don't really publicize our phone number uh, uh, per se. It's not on the website, but uh, especially with the parolees, they can get our phone number from the parole officer or uh, anyone else that's assisting them. Gotcha. And then uh, we might have to, Ryan, we might need to tap our uh, technology friends to help set up a phone tree, uh, you know, an automated uh, phone response with info or something like that. <laughs> yeah, there you go. For real uh, just, just um, I don't know if we can say apps names on here, but like Ring Central is kind of an app that could help. Well, I don't know. Yeah, you're right. You're no, right. We're actually sponsored by uh, their competitors. So I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> like. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, there, there are phone services that might be able to do that in an automated fashion. So that could be, that could be a, cool, uh, a cool option. So on the flip side of that, for folks listening who are looking to, to get involved in terms of offering support, uh, I'm curious what, what ways. So I, I'm, I, I imagine folks could maybe donate or help in another way. You mentioned mentorship, sure. uh, kind of what uh, employers that are willing to, to hire folks. Yes. Um, could you I'll, speak I'll, to kind of how folks can sure. help? Uh, yes, all of those in the above. Uh, Employers, anyone listening that is uh, capable of, of hiring return, returning citizens, just uh, send me an email. Uh, I can give it here. It's also all over the website. It's just simply here to help foundation at iCloud.com. Just send me an email and I'll be back in touch quickly. Um, but uh, obviously employers, uh, as far as the general public uh, willing to assist us, help others, we have a, a donate button on the website 
which uh, you can make a donation on the website. We have our PO box number in Royal Oak where anybody can can send a check. And uh, we do find the the public is very generous when they <coughs> they hear of what we're doing. Um, as a matter of fact, someone recently um, had emailed emailed me. She had seen a <coughs> excuse me an article about here to help and especially the returning hope to returning citizens program. And it was clear in her intent that she wanted to understand how she could make a donation. And I instructed her how and, um, and uh, <laughs> much to my delight and surprise, uh, about a week later at our PO box, I opened an envelope from her and she had given us a $10,000 donation. Wow. So obviously very, mm. uh, very significant and I was quite appreciative and called her and she just felt that she had the opportunity to do something to a nonprofit or something like here to help and especially our returning citizens program, something that, as she said, very much resonated with her and made an impact. So I was, uh, I was glad that she had, she had seen that article and, and uh, enjoyed what we were doing. So that was, that was very helpful. That's great. And I don't know, uh, I, I see here that every single dollar uh, donated by the public goes to individuals facing an emergency situation. So those right, donations so we, uh, don't don't go to administrative expenses. They go directly we, towards helping folks. So exactly. So any any dollar provided special. is uh, there's no overhead taken out of that money. It is directly given to 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 those in need. And if someone makes a donation, if they want to uh, meet an individual that that uh, you know technically that we can designate their money towards if they want to say I want to help a returning citizen with a used vehicle so they can get to and from work. We can, we can arrange that obviously and uh, earmark that money for that purpose. And if you have a desire to meet the individual that, that your donation has gone towards, then we can, we can arrange that as well. well I'm going to donate $10 right now. And I, I want to go out to lunch with Keith. If he'll, yeah. if he'll have me. Oh, that'd be nice. <laughs> that'd be wonderful. Jacob, just Keith? Or just, just Keith? <laughs> yeah, just, just Keith. <laughs> See, I, Bob and Ron, he just left us out, man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> no. No. Okay, fine. You guys can all come. <laughs> we, can, we can share a Coney dog. Yeah. <laughs> what was it's that, Ryan? It's better to share the cook-up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so speaking of like the public helping so areas of need like um do you so for instance i'm thinking maybe if people return and they may need some like um somebody to talk to like a therapist or like some kind of mental health services like are there any shortages of people that you have or do you are you looking for people that can help we're look, yeah we're looking for people if anybody wants to volunteer in that capacity we've had some people reach out to us um but it, it would uh and we're trying to determine whether it's cost beneficial for us to get involved with that because they they were going to um you know obviously they they have a skill and an expertise and need to be compensated for that unless they're simply volunteering their time which uh, isn't always a, a commodity that occurs. So, so we're working on that. So we're looking if anybody wanted to volunteer their time, offer uh, a little counseling to assist individuals, that would be great. We're also, or, or even at a reduced rate, uh, we might be able to provide uh, help in that area. Excuse me, Bob. Does, yeah. one, uh, does it have to be licensed professional, professional license? No, or? I don't think so. I mean, 
yeah, no, if, if someone has the, the skill to do so. And I would say that a lot of the returning citizens can offer uh, good advice, obviously. Uh, I'm willing to volunteer. Okay, you're on. I'll put you down. I was going to say, I know a returning citizen who has a psychology degree. So That's right, right, right. Mm-hmm. That's and he's been through the fire. Exactly. Look at that. Beautiful. So uh, just to, to recap for everybody, so HereToHelpFoundation.org. Um, you can also find Here to Help Foundation on Facebook. We will include, as we mentioned at the top of the uh, program, that uh, all this information will be included on our website when the episode's live, which obviously by the time you're hearing this, it will be. Uh, and yeah, I'm just kind of curious, uh, Bob and Keith or anybody else, uh, any final thoughts before we wrap up? Uh, no, I'd like to thank you very much for having us on. And, uh, hopefully anyone who listens can contribute in some way, shape or form. I don't mean, uh, monetarily, but sending people our way, or if they have a particular involvement here from a individual, having a company that would be willing to hire or knowing someone that rents apartments or a building or um, homes uh, and would be willing to to rent to returning citizens just contact me and, and we can move from there any final thoughts keith uh yes uh thanks for having me first of all and um if there's anything that i could do in the future any other broadcast or podcast uh episodes that you may need me for for uh, the future I'm, I'm available and i'd like to thank uh, bob also thank you bob Oh, you're very welcome, Keith. Beautiful. Well, thank you guys so much for sharing. I think that we covered a lot of, uh, I'm just so blown away by all the different things that Here to Help is, is, is doing and everything you've accomplished. This is just such a powerful resource. I mean, we, just speaking to the awareness factor, I mean, we come across programs all the time. The fact that we hadn't been connected previously is a testament to just how many kind of barriers, uh, just walls still exist between the different um, resources here. So we're very, very excited to have you on our radar definitely plan to be working together moving forward and yeah really look forward to to, to keeping in touch and uh collaborating to make sure that we are helping as many folks as we can very good thank you all right, all right. thank you very much congratulations Keith. thank you very much all right, all right. Bye, bye everybody all right bye -bye. take care bye guys